All right, so uh, we're just a couple of days before the election, and we will be talking about the election today. But I want to start off with yet another joke. All right, so it turns out... <laughs> Well, you're, you're, you're on a, a joke. You're on a winning streak. You're gonna, you're letting it ride. Pa- I, people have advised that they like these jokes, but I actually, there's meaning to these jokes. You like the grass, the grass one, right? Where, you know, people will treat you as as you treat yourself, right? So, uh, that, and that was, the snail and the light. Yes, I don't think we said the snail one. You did the snail last week. All right then. Well, there you go. Oh, you're right. The snail one. Okay, so at here's, least I listen to these things. <laughs> All right, wise guy. So here, here's here's the story. So a guy goes to, um, to heaven, and there's uh, God with a clipboard, and he says, uh, okay, uh, Mr. Smith, whew, uh, listen, so it looks like you haven't done anything particularly bad, so that's a good start uh, before we admit you into heaven, but it doesn't seem as if you've done anything particularly good either, Not, nothing outstanding. Uh, you want to talk about that? And so this guy, Smith, says, well, God, uh, I understand. But, you know, there, there was a time where I uh, was going to this, uh, through this bad neighborhood driving. And uh, what do I see? I see four big thugs, you know, harassing and mugging this, this poor, innocent woman. And uh, I, I jumped out of my car. I went straight to the biggest guy among them. And I slapped him one side of the head. Then I did a backhand slap with the other side of my hand. And I I told him, I pointed my finger straight at his eyes and I said, you leave her alone or I will kick your butt. And God is very impressed. And he says, wow, that's that's really something. When did this happen? He goes, about five minutes ago. (laughs) So, (laughs) why do I... (laughs) I love that one. Uh, why? Why does? Why? <laughs> uh, so obviously, just you know, he, that's the very reason why he's dead. All right. So, what, why do I bring up this joke? Because like, it talks about that the very understanding of the consequences of things, right? The, how how things are connected, and how we have to appreciate in the moment the way things are happening. And that's not to say we shouldn't be brave, of course, but it's about you know, understanding why things are the way they are. Now, we, we are talking about the election, and it seems like every day that the news cycle is such that people forget if something happened just uh, three days ago, okay? Unless it's kind of re, re-triggered every day, and, and the Clinton email scandal and the foundation scandal and the FBI reopening of the investigation proves this point. It, it just k- keeps on dripping, dripping, dripping throughout the days and the weeks, so it's a big problem for Hillary Clinton, which, you know, thank, thankfully, she actually needs to have. And, and we are we're hoping that this will have enough of an impact to destroy her chances uh, to win the, the presidency. By contrast, you'll recall that some time ago, there was um, a, uh, a video release of Trump saying some pretty awful things about women coming out of some bus uh, called the Billy Bush video, right? And that was more than a month before the election was to happen. And I said it back then, and I'm saying it now again, and I think I've been proven right. People just don't either remember it or they don't care about it. Or the best you can say is that somehow the the FBI investigation has overwhelmed that issue. I I think, frankly, that people have forgotten about it. Uh, I think there was enough time that has cleansed that that issue. 
And uh, so time has passed on. In other words, it's less than five minutes ago, <laughs> to use my, my joke. Uh, um, look, here's the way I look at this uh, election. Uh, we just talked about this offline, Ari. I am not only seeking to vote for Trump, but I want the ouster of Hillary Clinton. It, this is not just any ordinary election, of course. I, I, this, is a justice of, this is an election about justice. At the end of the day, I want justice. I want the politics and the liberalism to be uh, out the window, and I'm hoping, again, it's just hope, I understand that, but at least I have hope with Trump that he might end up doing the right thing. Whereas with Hillary Clinton, I know that she will never do the right thing when it comes to uh, her policies or what, what is in the interests of America or Israel or, for that matter, the Western, uh, Western civilization. I know that. But in addition to that, this is an election about justice. I want her arrested. Not because I'm, I'm a partisan. It makes me angry as a, as a citizen that she could get away with this. While in the meantime, some young kid uh, who was uh, in the military had taken some pictures in a submarine and he had, still had them in his cell phone. And he's, he's doing a year's time in a federal penitentiary for having classified information. Because he took a selfie in the wrong place. That's exactly right. But by contrast, uh, you know, the, what Hillary has done, exposing uh, the, the nation's secrets and exposing, uh, I mean, and then, of course, pay for play and, and all those things that we now know are so devastating for this country. She gets away with it, and it just smacks of tremendous injustice. And I want her to be in jail, okay? I, not only do I want her to lose this election, but right away, I want the process to go against her, and I want her in jail. Now, there's issues about whether Obama will pardon her and everything else, but that's another story. Go ahead, pardon her. I'm sure they'll find something else to bring her. That's a good point. You can't pardon her for the charges we haven't figured out yet. Good point. And trust me, they're there. Yeah. They're there. Yeah. And, and you make such a brilliant point on that because you love analogies. And the analogy is this. We have Ethel Rosenberg running for the presidency. Yeah. And a bunch of morons are actually considering voting for her. Yeah. You've, you've got to be a moron if you feel that she is the choice. I, I, I respect you if you decide I'm not going to vote for either of them. Okay. I, by the way, I know a lot of my liberal friends who are actually saying that they're not going to be voting for Clinton nor Trump, but they're just not going to vote in the same way that you and I probably will not be voting for uh, the, the California Senate position because they're, they're both Democrats and they're both crazy. Okay, so I'm, I'm just not going to vote. I, I just don't let them decide it among themselves. That's their business. But when it comes to the presidency, I, I respect that. As a Democrat, they can't stand the idea of voting for Trump, but they also have so much contempt for Hillary Clinton, they will not vote for her. God willing, that is the case uh, throughout the entire nation. I think there'll, there'll be enough of those people out there. Yeah, and, and there's a bigger picture to this, and it's not to live in the past, but if you remember the 90s, the Clintons did so much horrible stuff that, yeah, they did not yet pay for. They yeah. owe us yeah. with their incarceration. They owe us to pay this back. They owe us for us to seek and, and receive justice for the treason that they committed. Yeah. Because they put our nation in jeopardy. Uh, whether you consider, say, 9-11 their fault, and maybe, maybe not, that's not the point. This is about September 11th. But giving all of our secrets to the Chinese on a, on a uh, 
uh, on a pay-for-play basis for for political donations. Right. Well, you know, I mean, but, these but, are the kinds of things that they continued <laughs> to this day. This is the kind of uh, this is this kind of jumps into the theme I want to talk about today, which is it eventually catches up with you, right? The for every time that you see a story of some child molester, for some Ponzi scheme master, uh, for some treasonous person, at the end of the day, it's not the first time they've done it, right? It's, it's after a series of getting away with it. And they get more and more audacious and bold in their crimes, whatever that crime might be. So like for Sandusky, I think his name was, the guy from UPenn. Uh, I, I, the reason why I bring it up because I, I saw he was in the news again this morning. But he had been doing this for a long, long time, and he got more and more audacious and more sloppy about the way he was, you know, letting him people see him. And eventually, he, he got caught literally in the act. And the same thing is true with the Bernie Madoff. Uh, same thing with true with just about every criminal. It's it's rare that you catch him the very first time he's doing it. The very first time, they're very busy covering their tracks, and they often succeed in covering their tracks. But what happens when you constantly get away with it? Then eventually you get so sloppy and you get caught, right? Uh, there is, you know, a couple that I know, uh, a woman, um, the, the wife, had been cheating on her husband for more than a decade uh, with this one man, and, and she had been very good at covering her tracks the, for eight of the years, and then she got so used to it that she just, it became part of her routine that she got sloppy. And eventually she started posting things on Facebook and otherwise, not realizing that her husband, who, was, uh, who, who she had blocked out, um, would eventually find it through different indirect sources anyway. And she got sloppy. She left the, her Facebook uh, postings up on her computer at one point. And he saw what was going on. Yeah, changed her relationship status to swinger. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> yes. So it all fell apart from there. But that's my point, is that Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and for that matter, actually, the Clintons, yes. have gotten away with so much crap that they no doubt have felt themselves to be invincible. That They're like the classic example of the young teenage kid who thinks that he can never get in a car accident. It won't happen to him. He won't overdose. He won't get in a car accident. And all those things that we talk about and that are teenagers that are so famous about teenagers, she is doing it, and she's getting more bold and audacious as she goes along. And in a sense, I almost don't blame her. The world has given her a pass constantly. You teach people how to treat you. America taught her how to tr how she can get away with treating us. Right, that's they, right. They didn't hold her accountable for Travelgate or Filegate or Whitewater or Lewinsky Gate or Bimbo eruptions or China Gate or Charlie Tree Gate or or campaign fraud, uh, you know, Donation Gate. All during the nineties, Mark Rich Gate, <laughs> FALN Gate, right. Puerto Rican Terrorist Gate. Elise the list Gonzalez. goes on. Yeah. and that's just twelve things that happened in that era. Right. So by the time she became a senator and engaged in dirty business, George Bush, you know, never General Petraeus is Petraeus, you know, <laughs> and, and then she wait, runs wait. for office. <laughs> Celebrity impersonation, <laughs> very impersonated here. <laughs> the harpy, uh, you know. So by the time she becomes Secretary of State, 
It's, this is how they do things. Yeah. Of course she set up her own email server. Of course she she sent state secrets to Huma Abedin to print out at home. But here, here's the point. Going back in time. Yeah. Okay, so it's like one of those oh, things. One, wait, 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 one more. No, it's very hold, important. Hold. Because this tour to it. Don't make that face. <laughs> Sandy Berger sneaking into the yes. National Security Archives and stealing stuff and not getting prison. But what I want to focus on is... Going back in time, those those famous moments, like if only I could go back to this moment, right, and say, why the frig did I set up an email server, and and you know just kind of rewind and then hopefully replay the whole thing all over and and do something different. Here's the thing: I think if they actually had the ability to go back in time and hear themselves saying, well, what do you? Hey, how about setting up a private email server, Mrs. Clinton, right? Now, obviously, knowing all that she knows now, she would say, whoa, well, let's, let's do something else, right? Of course she would. But the judgment call at that time, I, that's what I want to study because that's interesting to me because it's so blatantly stupid to have done it. You don't, you don't have to know all the, the horrible negative consequences, the parade of horribles that have happened since the, uh, the, the sending up of the email server, how it was so obviously find, found out and such. What I'm more interested in is how the judgment was there. Like, how could she not have realized that this was going to be a huge problem? And I'll tell you why. Because she's gotten away with it all this time. She figured, well, you know, I'm, I'm invincible. There's nothing to it. I don't think it even dawned on her that what she was doing was wrong. That's the point. She doesn't have that ability to understand the difference between right and wrong. For many reasons. Uh, the, the least, not the least of which is that I think she has no sense of God. She has no sense of, uh, of, of, of morality. But for her, it's, you know, I've gotten away with Travelgate. I've gotten away with, uh, you know, all the things with Bill Clinton, all the things that you mentioned with Sandy Berger. Hell, they, they, they got, got away with stealing stuff from the White House when they left, uh, you know, after the first presidency, right? And she did it again, stealing stuff out of the State Department. Of course. Too. Of again, course she did. She learned yeah. it works. So, so how could you fault her for thinking that setting up a private email would not would not be a problem, right? right. I mean, so it's it's understand it's it, in a sense it's understandable, all right. So that's the theme I, I, I kind of I'm interested in talking about. But related to this is, I think of, you know, when, when you're voting for Hillary Clinton, we talked about this before that the bad always pretend to be good, the good never have to pretend to be bad, right? And we've given many examples of that. But, but by definition, a bad person needs to con you, needs to make you think that he's a wonderful person. And you see it time and time again. Uh, I, I, mean just, I saw another news story, just a local story, actually, here in Los Angeles of a terrible man who apparently had been, um, uh, is now responsible for a whole bunch of missing persons, mostly women. Uh, and they, they, he actually had them chained and everything else. And it's, it's very similar to the Castro story from a long time ago, but it's right here in California. And there was, an, it was a picture of him, and he looked like a clean-cut guy. And, um, and the neighbors were talking about how nice he was and, and that, that his girlfriend, who became a missing person, of course, had said, uh, isn't he a nice man? Oh, he's just wonderful. He's wonderful. Well, of course he presented himself as such. What else is he going to do? Uh, no, you should be frightened of me. Uh, I, I plan to uh, kidnap you. I plan to chain you at some point. Of course he's not going to do that. Right? The same thing is true with Hillary Clinton. The very same thing. And I think about all those movies that we see, like Jagged Edge, for example, where you think that the good guy is a good guy. And it turns out 
da 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 he's the bad guy all along. He really did murder that, that person. Uh, and, and there's so many examples of this, right? And we, we love the movie because it's a twist, and it's so interesting, right? And there's the thrill of it all and unsolving the puzzle. You, you can do that, right? But, uh, I mean, whether it applies to Citizen Kane, it applies to, to Gone with the Wind, I mean, all the classics and so many other stories as well. But at the end of the, end of the day, uh, these people will be pretending to be good all along. And they, they want you to believe it. And this is, this is no different than watching the movie Jagged Edge. No different, okay? Your nominee, the Democrat nominee, nominee, Hillary Clinton, she is no different than the Jeff Bridges character in Jagged Edge, okay? Did she or didn't she? She's professing to be as honest as the day is long, and you've got to believe her. Uh, you know, these, these crazy Republicans, they're just on a witch hunt against her. This is terrible, terrible, terrible. And it's going to turn out, oh, yeah, I guess she is pretty bad. And it, it'll all collapse, around her. At some point, it will have to collapse. So that's, that's the way to, to look at this thing. Now, why do we know that she is, in fact, a criminal? I'll tell you why. Because somebody who is able to throw somebody in prison for simply uh, posting a video and you know that that video is not the responsible reason, not the reason for the Benghazi attacks, but you use him as a fall guy. Somebody who's able to put an innocent man like that in jail for a freaking year is capable of anything. Somebody who can, can use as a pretext of some sort of criminal wrongdoing as a justification to, travel, to fire the travel agency in the White House when they first arrived at the White House in 1993, solely because they want a new staff. And it was perfectly fine for them to just hire a new staff. It's, it's their prerogative. They, they can use their own people. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. But she felt a, a, a need and a, to, to justify the firing of these people. So she created, concocted these criminal charges, federal charges that were very severe and almost had these guys indicted and thrown in jails for, for 50 years. Somebody who can do that is somebody who can do anything, okay? Somebody who can, uh, you know, who's willing to receive uh, questions ahead of time in and knowing in that it's all in violation of the debate rules. And it's not just one time, my friend. We know, and you remember very well after the first debate, I said something's very funny about this debate. I'm talking about the debate with Trump, not the previous debates with uh, Bernie Sanders. I said something's very odd about this. She was too prepared. She was too well rehearsed on that one question. There's actually two, but I remember the one question where Lester Holt says, are you saying that the, the police are biased, Mrs. Clinton? And, and she right away responded, I'm saying that we're all biased, Lester. And she had it all planned out. I, I knew that, that that was a rehearsed question. I'm trained for this. I know how to, to know when somebody's rehearsed. Right. It wasn't an answer. It was a speech. It was she a speech. had already written the speech. Yeah. You know? yeah. It was all there. It was a good answer, too. But, you know, obviously... It mean, better have been. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. With, with all the time and preparation. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, anyone who's willing to cheat for the debate preparation is a, will, is a woman who's willing to cheat on just about everything else. Okay. Same thing with uh, stealing from the White House. A woman who's willing to steal stuff that she knows does not belong to her from the White House 
uh, thinking that, well, I guess, you know, we're leaving the White House, we're entitled to some goodies, uh, is a woman, again, who, who has no sense of judgment and is willing to do anything, okay? Um, a, a woman who is, um, who's, who's willing to invent the whole thing about Benghazi is a woman who's willing to do anything, okay? You can go on with more things like that, all right, if you like. But these, these are very good examples of how character plays into the role that, 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 of the presidency, Right, you can say a lot of things about Trump. I get that, I, and I'll say it for you. He, he I already have said him, I and we said it many times. Uh, please, just so you know, he's doing well right now. Yeah, don't don't, don't push his luck with me. <laughs> okay. okay, all right, good enough. <laughs> I'm almost there. <laughs> <laughs> good man, good man. I'm almost there, about to consummate the act. I don't need to think about my grandma right now. Okay, <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> just leave it that way. All right, so uh, but, Clinton- but but you make a, a, a brilliant point, and this is one of the the ways we know. If she was at least a good criminal, you know, effective at her job, good at covering her tracks, you could at least say, yeah, but you know what? She's like, you know, she's like Michael Corleone. She's good, right? Right. But she's not. She's an idiot. She knows she has this email server. She knows she has this homebrew system. She knows she's giving pay-for-play favors to donors to her husband's foundation. And the paper trail for it is all over this email. And what does she choose to do? Lie about Benghazi in such a way that it's such obvious horse crap that it spurs a congressional investigation that uncovers this. Right. What kind of idiot yeah. is she? I mean, I mean, moronic. Yeah. Well, th- now there are not one but two in- investigations. Of course, the, the emails that you just talked about and the Clinton Foundation itself. And the Clinton Foundation was spurred on by the, um, the book Clinton Cash. Yeah. But let's, let's uh, d- make a distinction here. The current investigations are criminal investigations by the FBI. Right. The previous investigation that uncovered that uncovered the stuff that led to these FBI investigations were just show trials done in Congress. Congressional investigations happen all the time. Someone stubs a toe, there's a congressional investigation, right? Right, right, right. right. All you have to do is not lie in it, and it goes away. Mm-hmm. But instead, she chose to screech in the harpy voice, what difference at this point does it make? Right. Right? right, with that kind of arrogance. Oh, they, they, and if she just said, you know what, I screwed up. Yeah, we lied at the time. We had an election. I'll admit it. End of story. Slap me on the wrist. I'm very sorry. I'll be running for president in two years. It would have <laughs> right. all gone away. It would all have gone away. Exactly right. They would not have dug uh, any further. But she. But look, that that's the classic example of the criminal mindset, right? They 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 blame you, the interrogator. For asking such ridiculous questions, and it is—it's—it was so absurd. There's another example of what difference does it make, right? The fact that she could say that because it's so obvious. Of course, it makes a difference. Why not a murderer say, "Look, the, the, your your kid is dead." I, I, yeah, sure, I killed him, but what difference at this point does it make? Yeah, I got right? a life to live here. What difference does his life <laughs> right? make? You can't He's bring gone. him. You can't bring him back, right? Yeah. At this point, what difference does it make? Why, uh, you know, Nixon in his grave is no doubt slapping his. Oh, I should have said that, <laughs> right? I should have said that. Why? why? I should have said that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and and it's like the, the a smart criminal is carrying a ton of drugs in his truck, right? Right. And he decides to stay sober and obey the speed limit. Right. A dumb criminal has the same ton of drugs in his truck, but decides to stop at the truck stop, snort some crystal meth, have about 15 beers, and then drive. Right. Yeah. And then he gets pulled over 
oh, oh, I don't know how they found the drugs in my car. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. I mean, they, right? they, yeah, because criminals are generally speaking stupid um, until the point, by the way, criminals will be stupid until the point that they make the calculation that crime does pay. When they get to that point, then, then you'll see smart people engaging in crime. And that's a bad day. And we, we, we are making it easier that that calculation will be tipping the other way. But that's another story. Uh, I, I want to go a little bit further about the character of Hillary Clinton because um, I've got this list that I wrote down before. A woman who is capable of hiring thugs and mentally ill ones at that. Greg Livingstone. Right. <laughs> to stir up a brawl uh, at, at Trump rallies is, again, a woman who's capable of anything. Right? Anything. Uh, a woman, and like, like you said, a woman who is uh, capable of, of selling her influence as Secretary of State is capable of doing anything. Same thing, I, I don't know if you know this, she did this whole Donald Duck um, uh, episode where she you know, arranged for certain thugs to pretend to be Donald Duck and, and, how, and how sloppy he is and everything else and what, how you know, offensive he is and so on like that. And she participated illegally with various not-for-profit groups and funding them, and, and they're looking into that as well. A woman who's capable of doing that is a, is a woman who's capable of doing a lot of nasty things as well. So, look, you can say this about all politicians, I suppose. You can say this about, you know, Donald Trump. You can say about even Ronald Reagan. But, but you really can't. No, you can't. Uh, that's the point. It, it, you know, that they're, when they, did wait, 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 wait. They want to make that assumption because they like to say all politicians are crooked. It's the same people who say that all religions are bad, right? All religions have killed people, blah, 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 right? In the name of their God or their Allah. No, there are some that are better than others. Some have a better track record than others. Thank yeah. you very much. Some still do it today. Yeah, some, some don't. What are you talking and, about? That's not possible. And I'm just wondering... When exactly did Ronald Reagan send some thugs to kill Kathleen Willie's cat? Yeah, exactly. Oh, guys, you're so right. Uh. <laughs> I don't mean to ask the, the, the tough questions for inquiring minds here, but when exactly did that happen? Well, yeah, that's, that points another point. A, a, a woman who is capable of threatening uh, rape victims of her husband in order to prop him up still is a woman who is truly capable of doing anything. Okay, this, so what I'm trying to say to you, to my liberal friends out there, look, I, I grant you that there are some well-intentioned Democrats out there, that there are some good people out there, even good politicians among the Democrats. He, Ari's wincing right now. He's not so sure about that. I'm just sort of going, eh, I'm not sure, but, <laughs> but okay, but, whatever. But, but of course there are, right? And, but, but this woman, of all the Democrats possible, this is the woman you choose. They, they used to joke around that the Republicans are always talking about, you know, he's next in line and it's his turn to run for president and such. And, and by contrast, the Democrats always fall in love and, and that's, how, that's how they advanced uh, Barack Obama, for example. But no, this time Hillary Clinton, she's the one who feels that it's her turn. And by golly, she's worked really hard for it and you better vote for her. And she's got problems. It's, it's the year of the outsider, first of all. She's got a lot of people who are disaffected, uh, Bernie Sanders voters, of course. Uh, her, the woman vote is not as palpable as she would like it to be. The black vote is uh, definitely not as strong for her as it was for Obama. Uh, people are beginning to ask questions. And then the pro-Israel vote is also beginning to fall apart for her. She's losing uh, dramatically among white males. Um, and, and where she's uh, successful is among older women, older white women, and older single white women, for that matter. She's very good at that department. Still, look, she has a chance of winning the, this election. We predict otherwise, 
Um, I, I've come to believe at this point that wherever you see a state, because it is obviously state by state in the Electoral College, wherever you see a state where there is a very close race, it's going to go to Trump because the, the, the wind of change, the, the enthusiasm is for him. So more votes will be cast for him than we think. Uh, and so if it's really close, it's going to go to Trump. For her to win, she's going to have to win states like California, which are, she's so far ahead in California, of course she's going to win, win California. And Oregon, presumably, and so many others, and New York State, and otherwise. But where there's, a, where there's a big gap, she'll win. But if it's even close, like even if Donald Trump is 1% below in the, in the polls right now, I predict that he's going to win those states as well. And I do predict a Trump win for that very reason. So my conclusion, Democrats, just don't vote. Don't vote. <laughs> right? You don't want to. We don't want you to either. All right, don't go away. Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you had a case where your client invested $100,000 with her accountant who put her into various fake real estate investments. Yes, the challenge here was that neither the attorney nor the client were really focusing on this case. So what'd you do? At the deposition, I had a big stack of documents that I told her I was going to ask her to testify about. I made sure she saw those documents and let her know her serious exposure. We settled for the full amount of the payments my client had paid her. We didn't even start the deposition. Litigation is a lot about understanding the psychology of your opposing party and sometimes the opposing counsel. I'll say another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer. the issue, okay, that, that there's, there's funny stuff that may be going around, may be happening all over the, the country. We, we have examples from the, um, the ballot stuffing that we saw with um, Al Franken um, to all sorts of dead people voting in Pennsylvania. It, it's, there's, there's a lot of it going around. And then people being bussed in from different states. Um, these, are, these are issues and they're legitimate issues to, to bring up. But what what's, I find so fascinating, Ari, is that they'll point to him and say, "How could you do this? This is offensive." It's you know, you, our system relies on on people appreciating the integrity of the voting process, and if we don't appreciate the voting process, well, then by golly, our whole system will fall apart. But I find that to be a very disingenuous argument, whether it's made by Democrats or Republicans. I've heard it from both. And again, he could have said it more articulately. I think that's Ari's point, and I, I agree with him. He should have been focusing on some examples at, to reflect concern. And then, it, of course, on top of that, also talk about how the media is behind all this. And it, there's a rigging in that sense as well, because there's no real fair play going on. Uh, fine. But, but it's so interesting. Like what, I, I mean, our, the integrity of our system also depends on... Um, uh, our Secretary of State, for example, not selling influence to foreign nations. 
okay? For and, campaign donations. For campaign donations. <laughs> and you wouldn't point to the FBI and say, how dare you challenge us because this is going to make us all look bad. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Why, why not say the same thing about Bernie Madoff, by the way? You know, how dare you question me because you understand what would happen if, if uh, you know, if people didn't trust me for the greatness that I am. Right. The, whole, the whole financial uh, system might collapse, right? <laughs> but, but, savvy. So, so what I resent, right, what I resent is that, you know, again, he could have been more articulate. That's a different story. But that they point to him and they are angry at him because he's, you know, undermining the integrity of the voting process. BS. No, it's perfectly fine to question the integrity of the voting process. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and frankly, I, 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 that's, that's the whole system of checks and balances that we have. We, in what other area of life do we say, don't question me, uh, lest the integrity of a system X fall apart? Right? We, we do this with judges, right? Uh, what, if, what if a judge makes a crazy ruling and then it prompts you to say, hey, you know, maybe this judge is on the take, Right? Well, you wouldn't say the judge couldn't properly say, "How dare you question me?" This, this um, interrupts the the integrity of the judicial process and such. Like, what nonsense! I, I, why why aren't people responding to this particular issue in the way that we're talking about it right now? It's it's a stupid argument to raise against Trump. Again, he could have been more artful about it, but I think that he's. You know, now I want to get into the issues of in what ways he actually has a point. Um, it, it is true that there are concerns. There, there is history here, not just in the voting process, but also in the media process, the way that it, it absorbs information and, and how it pulls things out. Um, I think it's rigging, for example, that Harry, Harry Reid in 2012 would invent uh, the, uh, the fact, in quotes, that um, uh, Romney either had not paid any of his taxes or that he had not filed tax returns for so many years. Oh, he said... Romney didn't pay any tax. Yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah. Which was a bald-faced lie. He had absolutely no evidence for that. He just threw it out there. And then when he was confronted with it, he simply said, well, Romney lost, didn't he? Like, in other words, all is fair. Don't tell me that's not rigging. Of course that's rigging. That's just, that's just not fair play at all. But the Democrats think that's, that's just part of politics. And you say whatever you damn well please. You accuse a, a man of rape or, for that matter, child molesting. And all is good, okay? And, and th that's, that's good, fair play in their minds. Never mind whether it actually happened, e even the closest uh, possibility regard whatsoever. They're doing that, by the way, with Trump, uh, or they try to float out this possibility that he engaged in child molestation and that there's some sort of pretrial hearing in December. And uh, a couple of liberals that I know are saying, well, how come th they're only having this hearing in December as when it should be, you know, before the elections to, to kind of air this out? Uh, well, it, it turns out to be a BS case because it, not only is the statute of limitations way beyond the pale, but there's also no evidence for it whatsoever. Totally fabricated. But, but they have no problem. And, I, and, and this is a rigging, whether you realize it or not. And then, of course, the media, the way it plays uh, all these things, they do not focus uh, at all on the, uh, the email scandal, the foundation scandal. They only do so if it's so in their face and they, and they look ridiculous for not bringing it up. That's when they will bring it up. And uh, what, what they did do very successfully is bring, it, bring up the Donald Trump, the video, the video, the video with the sex uh, talk that he had. And that uh, didn't stop for weeks on end. The Billy Bush feel-like grabbing video. Yeah, that's right. So feline grab, I, grabbing, I, I like that. 
they, they, they don't bring up uh, Madonna when she offers uh, sex for votes, uh, you know, even though I know it was joking and such like that. Thank gosh she's joking, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> but, but, but had it been the reverse, of course, it would be ridiculous. I mean, we, we know this. They would say, look, look at how, how low the, the Trump campaign will go to trot out these and offering sex. And won't you, you know, Mr. Trump, denounce this woman and uh, won't you apologize for, for what this woman has said? Of course, you know, that's what it would be. It would be on for weeks on end. Right. <laughs> but but when it when it's Madonna doing it on behalf of the Clinton campaign, well, then it's, it's a cute little blurb. that is uh, just a funny little ha ha moment uh, in uh, the Democratic campaign. So that's a rigging of sorts as well. But now I want to go into the, to the specifics. There, there is, I mean, for lack of a better word, there, there is rigging going on when you stuff ballots and you, uh, with Al Franken, for example, I think it was some 300 ballots, all voting Democrat, that miraculously. That showed up in the trunk of a car just when the election was going through a recount. That's right. Uh, my well, goodness, my look God, at this. Why wouldn't they file the night of the, the vote? And then, and then the case in California, I emailed to you um, the other day, uh, a guy opens his mailbox. This is a real story. And he finds like 100 ballots addressed to his address. With different names on them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. It's, it's clear that somebody's trying to use his address as a legitimate address. And who's going to be looking at this? They don't compare. They, they compare names, yes, but they don't compare addresses. And so all they need is a legitimate address, and it happens to be one person. And the reason why they do the same address, of course, is so that somebody can snag those ballots at just the right moment when, whenever it comes in. And uh, that they have one place to go to instead of going to, you know, multiple 100 addresses, for example. One address, and they snag it, and then they, they go for it. Yeah, That's and, it. and to be fair, there are old folks' homes where absentee ballots do arrive in bulk to go to, and hopefully they're filled out by the, the, the actual residents or with the help of their children or someone, and hopefully they're not all filled out Democrat. But to, for all of them to go to a single-family house... Yeah. And the post office didn't call their own inspector general and say, hey, there's something fishy going on. Right. Oh, and the post office response, this is illustrative of how government works. Their response wasn't to call the police or, or the police didn't, didn't escalate it to a federal authorities. They told the person who received these ballots, don't worry about it, just call the post office. Yeah, 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 yeah. Weird. Uh, then they have, of course, dead people voting. I think it was in Virginia and one other state. Right. And, and, and mind you, by the way, just because you, you, you notice it, uh, it, it doesn't mean that that's the, the universe of the problem, right? It, for, every, every, uh, one, uh, sorry, for every 10 people that are, you know, dead people that are, quote, unquote, voting, uh, there, there are thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands more. So don't tell me there's no evidence of fraud going on the voting. And you're making it so much easier to, to defraud when you don't require some sort of voter ID. And even that would be easy enough to fake, right? But you're just, when you even take away that barrier, all the more easy. I mean, it's the equivalent of our border with Mexico, right? If you, you know, we, right now we don't have a wall, so it's fairly easy to cross the border. But there are still our agents out there, right? Who are ostensibly looking, you know, going back and forth saying, hey, no, you can't come in, you can't come in, or they round them up and, 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 and send them back to Mexico. Fine. But, but if you don't even have the border agents and you say, well, you're not supposed to be coming in, sir, to America, uh, that, that's not much of an incentive for them to obey your law because, you know, frankly, they want to be in America and they'd rather not be in Mexico. 
It's not much incentive, is it? And the same thing, what are you doing? You're inviting people to defraud the, the voting system. Of course. And also, it, and I think what you were saying is for every one story the media writes about this rare guy who was actually caught committing voter fraud voting for the dead, there must be many, many factor larger of ones actually going on. Yeah. And this is such, I think, the unifying kind of field theory about this this episode or this segment is that when you combine illegal campaign financing from foreign nations to people like the Clintons, and remember this is this is an and gate here, and people committing massive voter fraud, voting for the dead, and stuffing ballots, and busing voters. Illegally from precinct and, to precinct, and, precinct and intimidation at the voting booths, booths. like the new Black Panthers did in 2008. Right. Don't forget and that. And the ultimate layer and a media that, number one, does not raise any public alarm about the problem and just papoos it and treats it like it's a funny little novelty when they do catch it. And then act in ways that are completely biased for, for the very candidates that are engaging in the cheating, it winds up in a massive aggregate rigging. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's absolutely right. The, the, the failure to treat it as a serious issue is, uh, it will possibly lead to the demise of the integrity of the judicial and vetting, uh, voting process altogether. The very thing that they claim to fear. No, we, we, we do have to question it. That's the point, my friends. I, I, I'm perfectly happy with Donald Trump saying I'm very concerned about the rigging that might be going on because our internal polling tells, tells us that I, Donald Trump, am going to win. And my gut tells me that Donald Trump is going to win. And I'm, I'll be very suspicious, very suspicious, if this, this criminal named Hillary Clinton wins. And I put that in quotes. I, I just, I can't see it. Now, uh, especially when, when you're talking about the wind, right? It, a good friend of mine once referred to it, the, the wind blows all the trees down in the same direction. And I, I like that. It's a good analogy. Uh, when, when a tsunami comes and it, and it blows down the houses and the trees, they always blow down one direction, right? They don't you know, blow down in different, many different ways. That's, that's the nature of the winds of change. And the winds of change here is not only an outsider, but against this 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 decrepit, corrupt uh, atmosphere that, that Hillary Clinton has brought along with her. And I, and I, I just can't see it uh, that she wins, especially in all those states where the polling is very tight. I'm talking about Pennsylvania, I'm talking about Florida, I'm talking to some degree in Ohio. Um, all the, all the, the, the polling there is quite tight, either one point below for Trump, um, maybe a half a point above for Trump, but he should be, I predict he'll be winning a lot in those states. When, I, when it comes to California, for example, where the, the disparity is so big, uh, she will still win, but I think by a lesser margin than people imagine. So, and if it doesn't happen that way, it, 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 it'll go, let's say that she wins in California by not by the 20 points that are predicted, but rather by 30 points, I'm going to raise an eyebrow. If, if she wins in Ohio, which is an important state for her, uh, by by more than one point, I'm going to raise an eyebrow, right? It's, it's, it's the same thing with all these things, but it doesn't make any sense at all. I still don't understand, and Ari, maybe you can explain this to me, how it is that 
Trump could be doing so well in Ohio and Florida, which are bellwethers for the whole nation, and and supposedly supposedly be doing poorly in Texas, not Utah. Utah we, we talked about before; it has its own unique thing going on there. But in Texas, or any other supposedly red state, that he somehow that this is in play now. I don't get that. Oh, you raised that on your show last week. It's very simple: blue collar voters. Um, in a state like Texas, it's a majority of Republican and conservative voters who are not too hot on Trump, but they'll probably break his way yeah. with less enthusiasm than they would for someone who's more akin to their views. Remember, Trump being a Republican is, a, is really a Northeastern Republican, right. almost like an unheard of entity to those people, right. type of alien being. So they don't really relate to him, but yeah, they'll go his direction. But... In Pennsylvania, Ohio, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, you have what were the old Reagan Democrats, which were conservative people in blue-collar jobs who are traditional registered Democrats, who generally vote Democrat as default. But a couple times in history, Reagan is the big example, they voted Republican in droves because they stopped relating to the, the Democrat candidate and the Democrat candidate or the, and the Democrat policies laid waste to their regions. So yeah, that's why those right. states vote for Trump All right. or will break. And, and remember, we're talking here notwithstanding the vote fraud we were talking about a minute before, if, if it was a clean system. And I want to make one quick point about the, the idea of rigging in the system. I find it very unfortunate whenever anyone says these words, the system is broken. No. The system's not broken. If It's kind of like capitalism. If we would just practice capitalism, if we would just practice the system, everything would work pretty well. Right, right. If we would just have a clean election without voter fraud, the right guy's going to win. That's if we right. would just have a judicial system without the influence of bad judges and a legislative system without the influence of foreign money, perhaps – well, would work out right, right. Well. well, because we as conservatives believe that the people will speak their mind and, and do the right thing for the nation. Uh, but the elitists in, or the elites, as they like to call themselves, in the Democrats, uh, Democratic Party, you don't hear about Republican elites, right? But the elitists are always Democrats. They're always liberals. They believe that they know better for the nation, that they need to take over. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually very interesting if you compare the Democratic uh, National Party versus the, the DNC versus the RNC. The Democratic National Party is the one with the superdelegates, right? The, the notion that we, we, we get to have breaks on anything. If things are not looking so good, we get to superimpose our view on this and we can stop, stop the, the process because, by golly, it's not going the way we want it to. Yeah. C.E.G. Bernie Sanders. Right. And the, let me just address that really quickly. There's a very good reason they had to put the brakes on Bernie Sanders because the last thing they ever wanted Because he to might do, win. No, no. No. Well, yes, but more importantly, because the last thing they ever wanted to do was give Americans a true ideologically distinct choice yeah. between one candidate and one philosophy for leading versus another. Right. And they did not want the mask of pro-American, pro-capitalist, you know, yeah, we're yeah. not really That's leftist true. lunatics removed from the, even though their party is Bernie Sanders, right. they didn't want everyone to, and their mother to know it. Yeah, well, that's right. The, the bad always pretend to be good. Right. The good don't have to pretend to be bad. That's my, my little yeah, philosophy Bernie, there. Don't tell them we're <laughs> communists. I know we're communists. Just don't tell don't, them. Don't say it. Exactly right. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. <clears throat> so I want to move on to a, a related topic. Uh, and this is, you know, that I, I just, the enthusiasm factor, and this is regardless of whether Hillary will be a, a president or not, or voted as president or not. You know, her whole campaign notion, I, I just, I don't see how people, despite all that they're seeing with the FBI investigations and such, are able to say to them to, to buy into the Hillary slogan, I'm moving forward with Hillary, right? Better together or whatever that she says. But basically, moving forward with Hillary, right? And I thought, are you kidding? I mean, they, they can't possibly be thinking this, right? Because I can tell you, if she wins, God forbid, but if she wins, you will not be moving forward whatsoever. You will be looking in the past for years and years to come. Okay, there, there will not be any moving forward in, in any direction that you want or any direction that, that you and I already want. Okay, no, because when Iran vaporizes several American cities with their hard-won nuclear weapons, we'll be living in the Stone Age. Well, you know what? We actually might be – it might be good in a sense if, uh, only, if she does win. The one thing that, that we can rely on is that she'll be so busy defending the FBI investigations – that, that she won't have time to make stupid decisions when it comes to foreign policy. She's better off doing nothing, right? And she may not have the time. Of course, she'll find the time, and, and that's the disaster. I'm kind of kidding around. But the point is, so much of it will be eaten in terms of the FBI investigation and the timing and everything else. And don't, don't think for a, move, a moment she, you're going to move forward with Hillary Clinton. I, I find it so funny that, that, and I wish Trump would bring this up a little bit better, She's talking about all these great things that she's hoping to achieve and talking about the ills of our society and such, which is normal when you're kind of talking about the previous party that's opposite to your, the other your party, party. The other party. But the, it was the same party. And eight years uh, of, of this failed, these failed policies, and they're talking past each other during the campaigns. Have you seen this? Hillary is talking about how she wants to effectuate change this, and this is terrible, and we've got to do this. The education system, for example, the healthcare system, we've got to do this. And, <laughs> and, and that's one message, right? And Obama is going out campaigning for her, saying she's going to continue on the great progressive things right. that we've done. And uh, isn't that wonderful? You know, like, which, which message is yeah, it, which sir? One? Is things so terrible we have to change? <laughs> right. Or is it, but, but Obama talked past himself the other day. Yeah. Do you remember the other day he's saying it's to this audience, it's real important. You vote for Hillary. Country's teetering. Country's on the edge. Yeah. It could fall. The, the, okay. the, well, the, the fate of the republic is in your hands right. is what he said. Because it's teetering. Right. How did you do such a bad job for eight years that anything is teetering? Right. And if you did, do you really want to admit it? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, I mean, well, no, what he'll say is <laughs> we've done such great accomplishments uh, as, as a progressives, the good progressives that we are. Right. And, and Trump is going to come here and he's going to ruin it all. That's what he's going to say. Yeah. But, but your point is a well-taken point is you've had it for eight years. Good for you. You got reelected. But you would think, sir, that your policies are so effective and so able to uh, resist uh, anything as silly as a Donald Trump. Why, why, why don't you argue that? But no, no, no. It's, it, apparently, it's so teetering, like you said, that our very republic is at stake. But there's a good example of the bad pretending to be good, right? He doesn't give a crap about this republic. He doesn't even think about us as a republic, right? That, 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 I mean, he's, he's constantly... He's been the one issuing executive orders, defying the very notion of what a republic is 
for for all eight years that he's been president. Yeah, he's been, and he dares to say that our republic is at stake. Right, he's been a dictator for eight years, a a tyrant, and then he has the audacity to worry about the republic. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and and that's classic, you know. uh, dictator double speak. Well, it's, it's North know? Korean speak, isn't it? Yes. Right. I mean, I'm, of course, it's not as bad as the North Korean dictator, but but the, the North Koreans say the same thing. They say that they're a democratic republic. Right. They, they're, not, they're neither. We're not. When, when you say that, you're not talking about gulags and hunger camps not. and reeducation camps right. and starvation. You're talking about a a, a method of, of approaching politics that has a congruency, right. a wef, a method of speaking your political if you will, scientific philosophy to the, the body politic at large in order to convince them to think and do certain things. That's right. And in that vein, yes, Obama is very much like a Stalinist right. and, and speaks that same well, way. Well, you, you know, we've said before, and I think you've articulated as well, that liberals succeed when they pretend to be conservative. Yes. And conservative succeed when they're actually conservative. Right. Which is a, a cousin of the, the same concept we just mentioned. The bad always pretend to be good, and the good always uh, never have to pretend to be bad. It's as simple as that. And we're seeing it time and time again. The very republic is at stake. What, what, what alarmist claptrap. Uh, but, but they've done this all the time, right? They, yeah, they said, if you vote for Bush, there'll be back, uh, back alley abortions. <clears throat> if, uh, if you don't vote for us, the, the, the sea levels will rise and we'll all drown, right? I mean, and they, they accuse us of being the alarmists. That's the amazing yeah, thing. Yeah, Bob Dole hates women. And then one of my, my favorites is, and this was not that kind of politics, but pertains to our, a subject we were talking about a few minutes ago. Obama, in relation to talking about the suspicions of voter fraud, says... Widespread legitimate voter fraud is not to be found. He doesn't say it's not happening. Right. He's not saying the idea is ridiculous. He's saying it's not to be found. So in a way, he's telling the truth. It isn't to be found because I'm not looking for it. <laughs> I see. No, I, I, I agree. But it's, and he's it's, using a passive sentence as well. But, but that's neither here nor there because he's, obviously he means to say that it doesn't exist. But but this is the same man who said there's not a smidgen of corruption in the That's IRS, right. right? So I mean he he lies uh, throughout. And and look, this is what Obama does. It's what Hillary Clinton does even better. Um, and and no, you cannot say that this is true for all politicians. I I've not heard Trump as as poor in his judgment as he has been to brazenly lie, as I've seen from Obama and from Hillary Clinton. Okay. Now, you may say, give him time, Barack. He's not yet president. He's not a politician that we can't grab all these don't, things. Don't say that. I'm, I was told <laughs> I was close. <laughs> anyway. I'm you, trying you, to you, get it in there. <laughs> you, you get the point. It's, uh, I, he's, just, he's so brazen. And I, I just wonder, is the population, the voting population in particular, are they able to see through this? I, I'm hoping so. And for the sake of our republic, and in that sense... I truly fear for the republic. He's taking the words, the fate of our republic is at stake. And it is, okay? But it is at stake if Hillary Clinton becomes president because then all all bets are off. Then anything goes. She will learn nothing. She will learn only that she can be more audacious, more bold, more corrupt, and that she will use not her previous secretary of state position for influence, but now she'll use her office as president of the United States for dramatic influence. There's no stopping her there. And then when it comes to the Supreme Court, of course, and not just the Supreme Court, but all the other judicial appointments that that are to be had, particularly in the various appellate districts throughout our great nation, uh, 
it, it's, it will be a very, very bad result. Uh, we, we have to fight this. Uh, we have to yell from the hills that a very bad person may very well become president. We need to stop her no matter what we can do.